0: Mum Talk Series 5 is supported by Bugaboo. 20 years ago, Bugaboo started a stroller revolution, changing the game with innovative products that had at their heart the desire to make parents' lives easier. Bugaboo continue to invent, develop, test and manufacture truly revolutionary products. Made to use every day, designed to last a lifetime. There's a Bugaboo pram, pushchair or stroller to suit every family's needs. Bugaboo know that it's not always easy, but that it's always worth it. They get that you're a parent and a person, and with their extraordinary products, you've got this. Visit bugaboo.com forward slash mumtalk. Hello and welcome to Mum Talk Series 5, hosted by myself, Emma Jolin, mum to Amandine, who was born in September 2018. On this podcast, I share my journey of literally having no idea what I am doing, from pregnancy to life now with a baby. Through the podcast, I am joined by not only incredibly knowledgeable guests, some experts in their field, but also mums and dads sharing their experience of pregnancy and parenthood. You can trust in Mum Talk to be honest, real, and informative and provide plenty of nod along and me too moments maybe you have a cup of tea with your feet up or perhaps your jogging shoes on and you're off for a stroll whatever and wherever you may be thank you for listening and enjoy being part of today's conversation Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Mum Talk, Series 5, Episode 7. So before we jump in, I wanted to share a really, really, really quick bit of information with you. I have been busy behind the scenes organising another Mum Talk live event. So the event is going to be in my local area in Exeter in Devon. So if you're from Devon and you're listening, please come along and connect. I would love, love to meet you. It's on the 18th of November in the morning from 10.30 to 12.30. It's going to be in Central Exeter. Everybody is welcome, including your little babies. We're going to be having a panel chat. It's going to take the same vibe as the podcast. Very informal, very relaxed, very chilled. I have two amazing guests joining me who have both been on the podcast before. They're local to Exeter, so I feel really honoured that they are going to come and have a chat with us all. Sarah Turner, also known as the Unmumsy Mum, author of three best-selling books. I'm literally just about to sit down and read her most latest release. And also Siobhan Miller, the founder of The Positive Birth Company. We're going to be talking everything motherhood parenthood juggling coping mental health body positivity absolutely you name it you've got it and it's going to be hilarious because i know they are both so funny they're both mums to three boys each (laughs) This will be such a lovely, lovely event to meet other mums, connect with other mums, connect with local mums. But I also know that there are mums coming from Wales, mums coming from further east and also further west. So if you do live a little bit of a trek away from Exeter, we're not in the deepest depths of Devon in Exeter. We are very accessible. So do, do come along. And if you want to DM me um, and I can help you out with any travel, then please, please do. I'm going to be sharing lots more information on the event later this week and especially how you can register to come along to the event on Mum Talk podcast Instagram page. So make sure you are following Mum Talk podcast Instagram page later this week and keep your eyes open. I have a feeling places won't hang around for too long. Anyway, let's get into this week's episode. So I am joined this week by two of our listeners and Kat reached out and wanted to share her story. So Kat and her husband Andy are pregnant and they were told on their 20 week scan their baby had a cyst on their brain. I am going to pass it over to Kat and Andy now to share with us their story. Please make sure you have read the episode notes before listening further to this podcast. It could be a trigger for you if you are pregnant, so please do go back and read the episode notes before continuing to listen. I'm
1: Kat, and I'm with my husband Andy.
2: Oh
1: yeah, and we got married last year. Oh, and congratulations! Thank you. And we found out we were pregnant, oh I was pregnant rather, <laughs> in um, January and so I'm 30 weeks along now and our baby's due in September. What's the due date? Uh, 17th.
0: Oh, Amandine was on the
1: 4th. Oh, lovely. I think September's a nice time, I think. September-
0: oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> of course it is then yeah. September's so, a great time everyone keeps saying to me about the schools as well and you know she'll be is it oldest in the year or youngest I never really know
1: oh oldest, oldest. yeah oldest yeah so you you're quite lucky I guess because if it had been August she'd have been the youngest
0: exactly I had quite a few friends actually whose babies were born in August and they're like
1: no <laughs> <laughs> I guess from the plus side it's a year less of childcare. that's like. very true Yeah, that's very true. So what do you both do? Um, Well, I work for a logistics company, so um, I work in the French and Spanish department. And I'm a
2: researcher for a media organisation in Norwich.
1: Oh, wow. So do you speak French and Spanish, Kat? Yes, but like... I'm not perfect. She's <laughs> it's very got, It's got a little bit rusty since I left uni. But, um, oh, my
0: goodness. Oh, I'm not going to tell my husband that. He'll be like, well,
1: it's about time you learn. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's not. It works for my job, but I'm not perfect by any stretch.
0: So, oh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, Great. So, yeah, so we, um, we live in Norwich together, and um, we had our 12-week scan in March, which was completely fine, you know. Great, really exciting to see this little baby on the screen, and that was all fine. We had the, um, you know, the check you can have for uh, sort of Down syndrome, Edward syndrome, and that. The blood test. Yes. Uh, no, well, yeah, it was a blood test, wasn't it? Yeah. But it was it was just the standard one that everyone gets offered, and that okay. came back really low on each low risk, one, yeah. which is really nice. Um. So yeah, which kind of made me feel a lot better because I've been one of those people that goes in I don't want to say pessimistic but maybe realistic like I I know how like um how likely miscarriages and stuff like that so it's something I've had in my head the whole time so I've not just gone in with a real everything will be fine attitude Mm. but I must admit after the 12-week scan I definitely relaxed a bit and thought oh you know this is great blah 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 so um when we went for our 20-week scan I definitely relaxed a lot more and we had actually had a six, seven, six 17 weeks scan 17 weeks, 17 weeks. Yeah we 17. we moved house and things so we had a new doctors new hospital and everything so we had an extra scan which was fine um and then we went for our 20 week scan started off everything fine blah. blah, blah. the the uh, sonographer was a really, really nice he was really guy fun. He, joking yeah. around sort of thing with his um colleague and then we had to go away and come back because the baby he couldn't see the baby's heart very well so you had to go um, jog up and down some stairs to make, you know turn the baby over. So went back in, he checked a few more things, seemed fine, fine, you know, joking around, blah, blah. And then suddenly he just sort of, it's like, you know, quite almost in a film, he sort of frowned, stared at the screen. And I thought, and I had noticed him do something similar earlier and it had been, he didn't understand anything. So um, he frowned and he just comes out with straight away. I think there's a cyst on your baby's brain, and I literally just was like, "What? Like, like, yeah." You know, obviously, I, I don't, I don't know about anybody else, but for me, I just had no idea what that means. And also, you hear the brain, and you just think, "Could it? Can it couldn't be in a worse place." So, wow. um, literally, that just. And then he's literally you know, in like in a film again. I'm just gonna get someone to come and have a look, and you just that in that moment, I just just. I didn't even.
2: Yeah, we were taken to a side room um, and we were just kind of talking among us ourselves, you know, and you're trying to work out the implications of this cyst. Um, we both don't come from a medical background. And in all honesty, before this, I didn't really know what a cyst was. Hmm. Um, Obviously, you know, you know, it's a, a kind of lump. Um, you know, you know, it's this, you don't, you don't
1: want one. No,
2: exactly. And and we were just so concerned about, you know, the implications this could have, especially as it's on the baby's brain. You know, if it was on, you know, a, a, a kidney or or the liver, you feel like they can operate and remove it. But mm. the problem with the brain is you just don't know what impact it could have on on the baby's development. And that was my biggest concern. Mm, that was my biggest definitely. fear that. Even if everything's okay with the pregnancy, um, you know the baby could struggle in life. You know this this could be our lives, but you know. Um, and then
1: that was that's the bit the thing overall is this, you just don't know. And then our baby's brain, the, the cyst in our baby's brain is called an interhemispheric cyst. So it's like between the two um, lobes, lobes of the brain, which is quite unusual apparently because. Apparently, sonographers have a map of cysts on the brain. And in certain areas, it's not particularly serious.
2: It's so common sometimes that they won't even tell the parents that the cyst is there because they expect it to disappear by...
1: Or they might mention it, the next but then they expect when, you know, it to yeah. So um, that was literally just... I can't even describe the, the shock of it. Um, and then we so we were sitting in this side room and this sonographer, you could tell it had rattled the sonographer... And then I had a bit of a strange reaction. I just suddenly went really lightheaded. And I just, I, I guess it's the start of a faint, which I've never done before. And so obviously that was, you know, didn't help. And then we had this poor sonographer who, and as he said himself, they look, their, their job is to look at the scans and say what they see, not to know what necessarily what they see means. Mm. So, um, and the, he said he wanted us to speak to a fetal medicine uh, specialist, but they were completely booked up completely uh, all that day and they just had no chance. There was no chance they'd be able to see us. Um, so then we, we were actually planning to go away the following week. So then that was a dilemma of do we go, do we not go? And he said to us, look, realistically, you go. if you go or you don't go, nothing's going to change within that time. So you might as well just go and come back the following Monday. So that was a decision in itself because obviously we just,
2: you know... We were concerned that we were going to go away and just constantly worry. And we knew it would be another few weeks before we got to see the fetal medicine specialist. Yeah, Yeah, it was a couple of weeks. And they normally
1: try and make it three days maximum Mm. because I think people are so worried. So anyway, so we went... We did go and we had a better time, like a nice time, didn't we? More than than we thought considering the situation. And neither of us like dare to google anything we just we said
2: that from the start we said we're going to completely avoid you know googling anything because we just well you don't know what what's going to come up and uh, you know we were going to wait to speak to the doctors before you know turning to the internet because you can see the very best and worst in any medical condition yeah you you can always
1: find what you want under the internet i think if you look hard enough
2: and it would only have worried us more
1: yeah so we didn't um but then, so yes, yeah, so we went back uh, into the hospital to see the fetal medicine specialist, who is like fantastic. He's so good, but they can't falsely reassure you. And I think it seems at every hospital appointment we go up till recently, something happens that we're not expecting. So we've been told, oh, he'll probably just scan the baby's head and keep an eye on it, and you'll just come for scans every four weeks, just to keep an eye. Um. So that's what he said they would do. But also they sent me for an MRI scan, which oh, wow. I was expecting. Um, and obviously this when we went back, the cyst was still there. It was still where they thought. And he told us that with the way it looks, it doesn't look like it's going to disappear before the baby's born. And yes, there could be developmental issues because of it. They just don't know. And that's the theme, I think, with a lot of things that they see. On babies in the in, when they scan them, or not just our baby, but babies in general, or they might see something, but they just don't know what mm. it could mean. It could be nothing. It could be something. And I think, I obviously they've got to point these things out, but it's so hard to be on the the end of that of to course. not have to not have some clear answers. Um, so we we had that, so we weren't expecting to have to go for an MRI scan, and that was in a different hospital as well. So there was more of a wait for that. Um, and then we had that done and we had the results like two, like weeks,
2: two weeks after later. that. Oh, my okay.
1: goodness. Yeah. So literally you're just
2: and then wait, we, wait, wait, wait.
1: Um, and then we, went back,
2: we went back to see the fetal medicine um, specialist who then went through the MRI results and then kind of told us really that the cysts had also doubled in size. So whereas we were constantly hoping that it would start to shrink you know, we then found out it doubled in size, then you really are asking some serious questions about, you know, the impact it's going to have. And at each session that we've gone to, each appointment with the um, fetal expert, he's kind of said to us, um, you know, you know, we have to ask, are you still committed to this pregnancy? And that kind of hits you like a ton of bricks, doesn't it? Because you don't expect to be asked that question. Um, We don't know the severity of this cyst, so we're in no position, and it, I don't think it would either enter our minds anyway, you know, every, everybody's different, but, you know, we are fully committed to this pregnancy, of course, but you just don't expect to hear that question being asked each time, and each each letter we receive from the hospital has said the same thing, Um, you know, we've, we've discussed termination, and the parents are committed to the pregnancy, and that's so, so difficult to hear, especially being first-time parents as well, you know, where you you're not used to these appointments. You're not used to these scans and and speaking to these professionals, um, and that's really been quite hard to deal yeah, with. Yeah,
1: it's really you. We like I've never really understood the expression emotional roller coaster until this. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: because yeah. you sort of go you and we we've been all right. Like we've not been in a constant state of like you know trauma yeah. this, this whole time. We really do go so up and down. We'll get a letter that will say um there's a, what was the one that we had there's like something about from the neuro doctor no the neonatal lady she said something about there was posi- anyway positive statistics on this um thing about how lots of babies who have this go on to be develop yeah, healthy lives healthy and you know all these sort of things and then you get uh, you get the thing we as discussed we did tentatively mention about ending the pregnancy things like that and it just like takes you up down up down like you wouldn't believe. And, um, you know, we
2: understand that they have to ask these questions. Yeah, I and mean you
1: did clarify that with him a bit more when we last yeah. saw him, didn't you? That, like, they have to offer that because it's part of their job and part of living in Britain, like, well, apart from Northern Ireland, obviously, but is the is that we have that option and we're lucky to have that option? Not mm-hmm. that I want it to be offered to me now. No. But, you know...
2: But it's, the, the crazy thing is, is you've, you know, we obviously care so much because... It's our baby, of course, and and it's it's mad to think that we've kind of got this love for this baby, and we we already care for it, even we even though we haven't met it. You know, we haven't found out the gender. We're not set on names just yet. So at the moment, it is just a baby, you mm-hmm. know. But we care so much. Um, a <laughs>
1: baby that kicks really hard. Yeah, baby <laughs>
2: that kicks your bladder extremely hard. Yeah. But you know, we, we care for it anyway. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of something i've taken from this certainly is i thought you'd kind of love the baby when you meet it but it's Mm. actually it develops so much earlier than that Mm. i never ever expected to feel like that at all but i think another point which i've kind of taken from this as well is that you think that scans are there for the parents to see the baby see them kicking around and take pictures back to the parents and And grandparents but but it's actually not the scans Mm. are there for the medical professionals to see whether there are any problems, and if there are problems, make sure that the best care is available. Mm. Um, and I think there's this kind of common misconception that you know they are just there for the parents to to see the baby. And, yeah, and to find and, out if it's
1: a boy or a girl.
2: Yeah, and and as you said, we kind of weren't expecting, as you as you sh- don't and kind of shouldn't really. We weren't expecting to have bad news, but it, I think it's just good to raise awareness for you know any expecting parents that it could happen and we still don't know what effect this could have we have had positive news since we went back to the hospital on monday mm-hmm. um and the cyst is showing signs of
1: Getting shrinking smaller. so oh, which is really good because he didn't think that it would he thought it would continue to grow with the baby and that's brilliant news yeah which we are really really pleased with and also the fact that from the mri which we didn't realize or here the first time the cyst doesn't seem to be getting in the way of the electrical connections or currents between the two lobes okay so so it seems so overall positive at the moment but it could all change yeah, you know, as with any baby, that's the that's what I keep reminding myself as well. Yes, we do know this now, but you know something else might happen after the baby's born, completely unrelated or or not. You just don't know.
2: I think for us, sort of like staying positive has been such a huge yeah definitely. And um, I
1: think we look at each other when the other one's feeling a bit
2: no, down.
1: Yeah, um, the other one's there to check, you know, poke like cheer you up and like oh, did you just feel that kick? You know,
2: because I mean, even if there are developmental problems, you know, we've got each other and we have still got our baby. Yeah, it means our
1: baby. Yeah, and
2: that will never change. And they they
1: are who they are.
2: Yeah, so staying positive has been a really big thing for us. And I think, you know, babies probably pick up more on you know like how, how the parents feel yeah so yeah. with us staying relaxed I think and that the baby is yeah, as well yeah
1: I think so and even I know it's probably the same for everyone who's pregnant but we seem to assign such a personality to this baby yes. <laughs> that I don't know I just I've just got a lot of faith in them but mm. um I think that what's something we really both feel quite strongly about is that um just for people who are not in a similar situation, not necessarily the same. Just something that you know, something's come up at their twenty-week scan they weren't expecting. That they're not alone because we've been like, and we are really happy to be surrounded by a lot of pregnant women at the moment.
2: A lot. <laughs> a
1: lot. <laughs> and, we, and they're pregnant, and everything for them seems to be going really well. And we, you know, couldn't be happier for them. But it, it can be a little bit difficult sometimes. Of and I just want anyone else who's in a similar situation to know that. They aren't on their own. Of course. Mm-hmm. Have you reached out for any support other than, I mean, do you feel like
0: you've been well supported from the hospital and your doctors? And have you
1: had any yeah. other places where you've been able to outreach for support? Or um, No, but I think I, I just couldn't fault the NHS. They're so, they're so on it. And I think the thing is as well that we kind of have worked out is that they have to give you the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. They have to. Um, and the, our fetal medicine specialist is great. He just He's just the right balance of factual and human. And compassionate. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we really appreciate that because, you know, they can't sugarcoat it. But on the other hand, we, we do want to have a laugh. We do want to go in and laugh at how cheeky this baby looks and all that sort of thing. Because, you know, it doesn't have to be all super serious. No,
2: it's quite interesting as well because... When we went back to see the midwife after finding out about the cyst, she was quite surprised, wasn't she? She she kind of seemed like she hadn't come across, well, a cyst or, or something of that kind of nature before. So she was quite taken back by it. Um, and well, she was very compassionate, but didn't show a great deal of interest as such. But then when we went back again, she apologised and just said, I was really up against it the day you came to see me and I went home and I felt really, really bad that I couldn't have given you more time. And, I mean, she's lovely. Um, And, you know, since then she's shown so much interest and um, obviously just wants the best for us. Um, Yeah,
1: definitely. I think sometimes I think that, like, the care we've had is fantastic. I think we did, when we saw the neonatal specialist, I think it had sprung on her and she didn't even know we were coming in. So she'd had like two minutes to like prepare before she spoke to us. And then she had to be really, really general because she didn't know the ins and the outs of our situation, did she? No.
2: And you can sort of you can see people, you know, when they when they talk to us, the, um, the doctors, nurses, midwives, when they talk, it's, they talk very slowly. because They're really just trying to choose their words so mm. carefully. I think they they don't want to offer any false hope, but also they don't want to scare us either. So mm. they're kind of treading on egg, eggshells yeah. and you can kind of sense it. But yeah, as, as Kat said, you know, just could not fault the NHS at all. They're just mm. completely on top of it. Yeah. Every time we go, they're fully aware of the situation. They've obviously read the notes and remembered uh, details from the last appointment. So just couldn't fault them at all. Mm. Um, and, and as yeah. Kat said, you know, the fetal specialist is is is, is great. Um, you know, yeah. he, he he kind of comments on cats bump each time um, and just just kind of I don't know offers just a bit of you know humility I suppose yeah yeah
1: Yeah. and Um,
0: how have you found family and friends and have I mean sometimes with experiences like this friends and family can find it quite difficult
2: to connect with you can't they and have have you found that or how's that been yeah it's quite interesting because my mum is the biggest drama queen so I don't <laughs> I don't keep information from her but I kind of choose what choose carefully what I tell her but I spoke to a friend and he said to me um, he said I'm sure everything will be okay uh, he said but if anything I think you'll just love this baby even more and that actually was really reassuring because mm. he was kind of right and hadn't thought about it at that point but you know it just means that you are kind of kind of care for the baby and and just feel so lucky to have them here so um so i mean yeah friends and family have been so supportive just yeah, can't pass more really from lucky. them um regular you know texts and they call after each appointment so i mean knowing that we've got their support has well it's just been so so helpful
1: yeah it's really really nice it's just i suppose the other thing is is after the baby's born part of it will just be a bit of wait and see what mm-hmm. they do, you know. And I, I do, I must admit, I do struggle with the idea that people might look at our baby and be thinking, is there something wrong? Are they alright? Is that normal? And I find that quite hard to think about, but it's just, it is
2: how it is and we'll just deal with it mm-hmm. and, yeah. as it comes. The doctor's going to do a scan by the bedside of the baby's head um, and they're also straight, going, straight it's after born. Yeah, it's born and they're also going to um, give it like a, a kind of visual check and just make sure that it's shown all the signs it should be um, and if everything's okay um, they've already told Kat that she can have a natural birth so if everything's okay we can head home and just kind of yeah see how it goes um, and just mm-hmm. attend regular checks and they'll just keep on yeah. top of it. I
1: think they are planning to do an MRI scan of the baby's head when the baby's out but it depends how the baby is once it's born as to how soon they do it
0: okay so they haven't said anything you know it's it, it's all as paranormal um as normal it can be Birth for you they haven't you know said anything about early or anything like that
1: no we've got another scan at 36 weeks and that's when like they'll decide for sure if I can have if I can still have a normal birth or not because um he said to me currently as things are at the moment if you want as a cesarean you can have one I'll I'll say you can have one I think you can but anyway but it would be from from my perspective because I was anxious not because of the cyst yeah it would be anything to do with the cyst so I I like I'm pleased to have that option I hope we still have that option at thirty six weeks. But I must admit when there uh, when we um realised it seems the cyst seems to be getting a bit smaller, I was like, Go, baby, go. You yeah, <laughs> kind of, keep drinking
2: yeah. that cyst. We kinda of think of the baby kind of defeating this cyst. Yeah. What um, kind of adds to this kind of character that we've kind of built Real, up this yeah. little thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Bugaboo have collaborated with Nuna to create the Bugaboo Turtle by Nuna. I just love the name, it's so cute. And it's perfect for first-time parents. Designed with simplicity, safety and comfort as the priority. Bugaboo will now have you covered from that first ride home from the hospital to fun road trips and everyday journeys, keeping things simple but safe and with less chance of waking your baby. Those recognisable bugaboo white buttons and seamless integration with your bugaboo stroller make moving from stroller to car or car to stroller so easy. Safety features include a true lock base with triple installation confirmation, a no thread five point harness, a patented tailor tech foam for side impact protection. The bugaboo turtle is eye size compliant to ensure the safest positioning and security for your child. Bugaboo always pride themselves on comfort for your child. And so the Bugaboo Turtle has adjustable head support, signature Bugaboo canopy with mesh peekaboo and a UPF 50 plus smart visor for cosy cocooning. Meanwhile, the washable merino wool insert provides optimal climate control. Oh, they thought of everything. And we've got this for Mum Talk podcast listeners. A 10% saving on Bugaboo products available this month, October 2019. So visit bugaboo.com forward slash mumtalk using promo code mumtalk10 at checkout, capital letters, and choose the pram, pushchair, stroller, car seat or accessory to suit your lifestyle. Terms and conditions apply. Bugaboo reserve the right to terminate this offer at any time. Have you had to do any other med- mental preparation for birth or to help you um, not overcome where you are right now but to be at ease with where you are right now, especially cat?
1: Have you have you done anything like hypnobirthing or anything like that? I've been thinking about hypnobirthing. I've been doing um, pregnancy yoga. which Oh, good. Yeah, I love it. What I find really funny, actually, is when I start to do the deep breathing is that the baby really kicks really yeah. hard. I don't know if that happens to everybody else, It was just our baby. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're trying to relax. No
2: charge.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're also doing NCT, and we had our first class...
2: On Tuesday.
1: On Tuesday, which is really good. Oh, it was actually quite N- nice to, to have been to the, doc, uh, the hospital on Monday, had a bit more positive news, and then gone to NCT, because um, I, I held off booking, to be honest, because I was wary. I just... I wasn't sure how either of us would cope being surrounded by people where everything's fine. Mm. And obviously we want everything to be fine for them completely, but it's just a bit difficult. I, I thought it might be, but actually it was completely fine. Um,
2: and sometimes it's quite difficult if you haven't seen somebody for a while and, and they kind of say, oh, you know, how's Cat doing? How's the pregnancy? It's difficult sometimes knowing whether to tell them about the cyst or not because... Mm. When when I was feeling quite low about it all, it's it's quite difficult going, Yeah, no, everything's great, because you just feel like you're kind of lying, you know. Um, but it's just difficult kind of broaching the subject and and, and not worrying other people, yeah. I suppose. I
1: think we both said, but it was funny actually, we both spoke about it, that we've got we've got different people, especially at work on different levels. So you've got the ones we work more closely with who know everything. And we're really lucky as well that our jobs are both so relaxed about us being off all different appointments and things. So, you've got the close ones who know everything. And then we've got the ones slightly further away who know about the pregnancy but don't know about the cis. And that's quite nice too because when you are feeling a bit low, they just want to talk to you about baby stuff. Like, have you got pram? All this sort of thing, which is really nice because sometimes I think when you get a bit deep into all this medical stuff, you forget we are having a baby just like yeah. everyone else who's having a baby. And it is really nice. But I had a I had a moment at work where um, people are, someone had asked me um, how my twenty week scan went and I said yeah well you know pretty good um, mostly okay and she picked up on it straight away and went, what do you mean mostly was and I just couldn't even answer I just had to walk mm. off go to the toilets cry and recover Cause, and I think I think I mentioned this uh, before is that. I completely do it. So, I know someone's having a 22-week scan. I've, next time I see them, have the scan go, you know, as as you would. Yeah. But sometimes it, it doesn't go okay, and sometimes you are going to get a reaction like that, which obviously for her it was mortifying, and for me as well, because it took me a while to get back, you know, back in the zone. And I'm one of those people that goes bright red when I cry, so I have to, like, <laughs> take a bit of time to recover. Oh, bless um, you. Yeah, but it's just, it's just I suppose, I, I don't even know that I would say to anyone change anything like don't not ask or anything but it's just something to bear in mind that sometimes it isn't all plain sailing no absolutely and i think it's a really
0: really important point that you raise that these scans are medical appointments where you know it's I think the 20-week scan especially gets mistaken for the scan you're going to find out the sex if that's what you're Mm -hmm. doing isn't it
1: yeah it's not Mm -hmm.
0: to check the development of the baby in some in some parents minds I mean I know I was incredibly nervous about my scans because I did know that you know actually it was a checkup of how the baby was doing and that is nerve-wracking but I I think that gets forgotten very easily and not to say Mm -hmm. that it shouldn't be a very enjoyable moment it is of Mm -hmm. course but it is a medical procedure Mm, Mm. definitely. Um, definitely which is important to um to say gosh I mean you guys So strong, so, so strong listening to you talk
2: about your experience. So what
0: are the next steps
2: for you both? So we've got another appointment in six weeks. Mm -hmm. um, And then, well, we'll only have four weeks to go then. So I think, yeah, so I think in six weeks they'll discuss the um, plans for the the big day. (laughs) Um, And um, and then we'll just kind of go from there, I think. But um, Mm. like I say, you know, after Monday, I just think we're feeling so much like better about it all so yeah I think
1: um, for the first time since 20 weeks we've been able to actually just think relax and enjoy a bit more yes um having a bit of like positive news rather than just worry
2: and even just kind of planning for the baby you know Mm -hmm. buying bits and pieces it just feels a little bit more kind of real again Mm um yeah yeah, instead of kind of feeling like you're you're not taking a punt with it but you know you just never know what could happen I suppose no.
0: No. of course, and that must be uh, I mean just the level of unknown from mm. your point of view but also the fact that the you know the doctors can't help you to know any more than mm. nothing essentially
2: <laughs> no. right
1: no. no it's true they don't no. but I mean we we hear so many people tell us like oh they said they said this about blah 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 and he was he was fine in the end so we it's kind of nice to hear those stories you know Mm. oh so and so they um they said he'd most likely have down syndrome and he was born and he was fine things like that um so it's nice to hear these stories because I suppose what you hear from the people around you and what you hear from the doctors are so different yes
2: Um, and again the doctors are just making sure that everything is fine and if it isn't then they can get the care in place i mean they offered cat a um amniocentesis okay uh, where they you know injects or, or like, take fluid from
1: yeah the amniotic fluid
2: yeah and, and and test it but i mean we had 11 weeks to go at that point so it kind of felt a little bit pointless you know, doing these tests when in 11 weeks time and because we've already said we're committed to the pregnancy yeah. well they can then test the baby themselves you know um uh, without this kind of like invasive procedure so and
1: i believe i could be wrong but i think the chance of um inducing labor is one in a hundred
2: so it's just been too much of a risk to yeah take, we just really. didn't want to
1: take the risk for self, something we can find out in 11 no.
2: weeks no and i think you know, if you think you've broken your leg, you can go to the hospital, they can x-ray it and say, yep, your leg is broken, this is what you need to do in order to fully recover. But with this, not only do they not know the implications of, you know, this cyst, at the moment it's still in cat's womb. Mm. Um, and with all brain problems, um, you know, th- they could develop later in life. Um, and especially as the, obviously, you know, babies. They haven't got the kind of communication skills that adults have, um it could, you know, rear its head in
1: months, yeah, years' I mean, time. So we're just
2: gonna prepare for that. Yeah,
1: and also the thing is me, me or Andy could have cysts on our brain and not have a clue. Mm. And people go through life with cysts on their brain and it makes no difference. So it just it's just <laughs> the unknown completely. Just going back to the amniocentesis,
0: what were they hoping to what information were they hoping to find for from that, and if they, if you had chosen to do it, do you know what,
1: you know, yeah, what they it, could
0: have done if they had found something?
1: Um, they, they're pretty sure that it's not genetic and right. will cause a genetic problem. But the amniocentesis would have confirmed it 100% one way one way or the other. Right. It was genetic. Um, but I just thought, what well, at like, what? Well, yeah, well, it just
2: wouldn't have changed the course. Yeah, cause it just time. wouldn't. Have-
1: it made any difference at that stage? No.
0: So, um... It would have just given you confirmation for something that actually there was nothing they could do about anyway. Am I yeah, right? Right. E- exactly. So, I, it just wasn't... It was a bit of a no-brainer for us, really, wasn't yeah.
1: it?
0: Understandably, understandably. Yeah.
1: But, you know, if, not to say that people shouldn't have an amniocentesis if that's what they want. Mm. But especially, especially so far along, I just...
2: Again, I think they just give you all of the options just so, you know, they can't be held to account or they can't be seen to not doing enough because they are. You know, they have to give you these options, which in a way is great that they do um, because you feel like you have got that element of control over the situation.
1: And we are so lucky to live in this country where they offer those those things and we can just say yes or no, not thinking for a second about how much it will cost.
2: Yes.
1: I I remind myself that regularly. Mm definitely. Um, My goodness, well, thank you so much for sharing your story today.
0: I really, really appreciate how open and honest you've been sharing everything. You are both incredibly strong and incredibly positive. Um, I'm sure, you know, not all the time, but that's completely understandable. But I can't thank you enough for raising awareness of what you guys are going through. And I think it will really help a lot of listeners if they're going through something similar or at least to perhaps be prepared or might even be able to help family and friends who are also going through something similar so I really can't thank you enough a bit for coming on no yeah, thank you for us.
1: no it's really nice it's it's really nice for us to talk about it yes yeah. it is I think most of the time it's something for me I think Andy agrees that to talk about it, you feel better if you are in a similar position know that you're not alone.
2: We've been together 11 years, so this is such wow. a huge step for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea that we're now going to have a third member of our family is is mm-hmm. crazy. But we're just like the closer we get, the more excited we become. Yeah. And um, we're just really, really looking forward to it.
0: Mm-hmm. I can't thank Kat and Andy enough for coming on to share their story and I have literally just received an email from Kat giving me an update to share with you. So their baby girl Lila was born on the 26th of September and is doing really, really well. When Kat was 39 weeks and 6 days, she had a scan and it seemed like the cyst had disappeared. Lila had a scan on her brain the day after she was born and the doctors couldn't seem to see it either. So right now they're just waiting for another appointment in November for another scan but at the moment her new baby checks showing that she's very neurologically aware so hopefully no long lasting effects they're absolutely loving parenthood and are in awe of their amazing little person So thank you so much again for joining me on the podcast this week. Next week, I am joined by the bilingual acquisitionist. So I can't wait to share all of her knowledge with you all. If you are thinking about bringing up your children bilingual, or perhaps you're thinking about teaching them a language early on in their development. Have a listen in next week. Have a great rest of your week and thank you so much for listening. Lots of love. Bye. Mum Talk Series 5 is supported by Bugaboo, a world of innovative products that give every parent the confidence and freedom for the journey ahead. And we've got this for Mum Talk podcast listeners, a 10% saving on Bugaboo products available this month, October 2019. So visit bugaboo.com forward slash mumtalk using promo code MUMTALK10 at checkout capital letters, and choose the pram, pushchair, stroller, car seat, or accessory to suit your lifestyle. Terms and conditions apply. Bugaboo reserve the right to terminate this offer at any time.